normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals I visited a friend of mine this week, and we were talking about all the places we wanted to travel to. And I was saying, oh, I'd love to get back there. And, and oh, I'd be interested in that. And she was talking about she wanted to go to somewhere in South America. And I went, i got to be honest with you. I've never, when I think about traveling somewhere, I never think about Central or South America. I just don't. <laughs> I don't think about, like, I've got good friends who they saved up a lot of money, went to Africa. And I was just like. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> Asia, my daughter is jonesing to go to Japan. She would love to go to Japan. I'm like, eh, 
like it should be okay, but eh, maybe not. Yeah, I, th- I think it just depends on what you're into. Uh, you know, I've got friends who love, I've got a friend right now who it goes to Japan the same way that I go to the beach. Yeah, because they just love it. Yeah. Yeah, so, and they're more adventurous than me, I guess, <laughs> in some ways, or they just have more money and time than me, I guess. <laughs> That's a long flight. That's a yeah. really long flight from here. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it is. I I love to look at everybody else's travel, and I like the thought of it, but it really is impractical sometimes for a lot of reasons, you know? Well, I mean, right now you are... You are caretaking. Oh, is that the right word? Anyway, you're looking out for your mama, so you can't you can't just go gallivanting off somewhere because you got to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. I remember Japan. A trip to Japan gave me a cat one time. My boss. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. My boss at the time. I was a hotel clerk. And she went, she's working with travel and tourism and they went to Japan for a month. So when she left, she parked her car in the parking lot at the hotel and she pulled it over the, the, you know, the curb, I guess you'd call it. So that the trunk of the front trunk of her car was sitting almost over to the sidewalk. Okay. Yeah. I think she she did that on purpose so I parked beside her when I worked I parked beside that car every time and I kept hearing a cat a little or a kitten and I could not figure out where I heard it from and an entire week went by and I'm still hearing it and come to find out there was a kitten caught up under her hood in the engine Oh, my gosh. And it had its little paw was caught up in there. And it, it cut its little, it mashed its little paw just a little bit, okay? But we did everything to get that cat down under from under that car. And she was, of course, in Japan. And we had no key and no way to get a key. But eventually, the cat, we spread a sheet down underneath the the car and the cat eventually came out because it was starving. By then it had been two weeks without food or water. And I could hardly believe it was alive, but it was. And he was one of the best cats. He was also a ginger cat. He was half yellow and half white. We loved him so much. He was such a great cat and he loved being in our home too because he was safe there and he had mm-hmm. two other brothers yeah that were furry and they really didn't fight at all they were just brothers they get in the sun in a big pile together and sleep and this cat we called him nipper uh this cat he would j- crawl up a wall to get a laser light he was the best he really was and he came to an end way too soon due to heart disease that nobody knew he had he just laid down and went to sleep in his little place there where I usually sit and he never woke up and we were shocked because he wasn't overweight he didn't act funny or anything but uh, he knew he was loved I'll tell you that 
<laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. But but now this little kitten, it wasn't her kitten, was it? It just got caught in her under her car. Right. She had no idea it was there. Huh. Because I couldn't almost imagine that with her too. Because I mean, when you're driving, she couldn't have heard it. No. And she was all distracted and getting ready to go to Japan for a month. And she probably wasn't listening for it. Or maybe it was quiet. I know he had a, he was a nervous natured cat. And I could understand that after what had happened. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah. But he was a good one. He was a really good kitty. I I adored him. Now I've loved all my cats. I'm just like, I know you've loved all your pets. I have. I was this same friend has a couple of kitties and it was fun interacting with them. And um, (laughs) she said, you need to get a cat. And I said, I'm not home enough for a cat, even for a cat. I'm not home enough, but I would love to have a cat again once I'm off the road a little bit. Mm -hmm. I love cats. I I love dogs too. I never understood that thing of, are you a cat person or a dog person? Because I love both of them. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's because dogs have more outgoing personality or something. I really don't know. I love them all. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. I remember every one of them. Every one of them had unique personalities. <laughs> I was thinking, I've got that Earth Critters page. Yeah. What we don't do in this in that group is we don't really talk about our own pets. We just pass on animal memes. Okay. Well, at the same time, I created a page called uh, Earth Critters Memorial Page. Oh. I was thinking about turning that into a place where people could leave Mm -hmm. a memorial about their animal. And then, you know, the Earth Critters page will make you smile and laugh, but the memorial page will make you cry. And so I've not done it yet because of that. What do you think about that? Would it be a service to people or would it be just prolonging their sadness? I don't know. I think for some people they would love that and other people, you know, they just depend. People are so different, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Because some people really want to. You know that it it doesn't scare them or make them sad. They just they're happy to to remember. And other people, for them, the the remembering part is too hard and sad and raw. And raw. Yeah, yeah. You know that cat that I lost when I was quarantined at the cottage, the one that was so old. Yeah, who lived in the drawer. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, she was really really old for a cat. She was 23 years old. And I can't tell you how bad I missed her and mourned her for the longest time. And I still, it's hard to think about it. It's hard to believe she's not around. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And people are that way. Did you get, did you get that way with your horses or just dogs and cats or uh well I mean I didn't see any of my horses die. I went away to college and um and my dad and I agreed that he needed to sell them because I I just couldn't come home and take care coming home on the weekend and taking care of them was not enough and they deserved better than that. Mm. So uh the pony and both the horses got sold. I I'm hoping to really good people. 
Okay. Uh, so I didn't, you know, I didn't mourn them, but yeah, I've mourned every animal who has, uh, who has died in my care. And some of them had made, have made really good deaths. Oh. Um, when my, I, I got a dog when I was doing dinner theater in Lexington, Kentucky during college. Oh. So <laughs> we're talking about uh, 1977, I think. Okay. And he was half Chow and half German Shepherd. And his name was Thomas Lackawanna. And Thomas was big and he had kind of a a mane at his shoulders the way a Chow does. Yeah. But on top of it was this big old um, German Shepherd head. Um, And he had a German Shepherd that big curly tail that they have that's a real big strong bone that'll knock you over so he was just he was a beautiful dog and he was sweet and wonderful and all that and golly when he was i guess he must have been 15 no he was probably even older than that actually but let's say he was 15 so you know and for a big dog 15 is pretty old yeah it is and he was uh, staying at my mother's house because that way she had a dog there to kind of look after things. Yeah. And he was just a big old goofy dog. And he first he started get being incontinent, but it was really because he was getting paralysis in his the lower part of his body. Uh. So I called this wonderful traveling vet. And said, it is, you know, it's time. It's time for my boy to go home. And he was so funny because he was on the front porch at my mother's house, my grandmother's house. And um, and he couldn't couldn't really move. He could move his upper body a little bit. But I sat there with him uh, with his head in my lap. And we had a Hershey bar. Oh, I, have a bite I know what you're going to tell me. Yeah. yeah. I had a bite of Hershey bar. He had a bite of Hershey bar and he just, and occasionally his little old tail would just thump a little bit. Uh That's all he could manage. So I held him like that and she came and she, you know, euthanized him. It was all good. And the whole time I was doing that, Joe was in the backyard digging a big, big grave because he's a big dog. Yeah. But that was my last dog. That was my primary dog. Yeah. You know, my daughter and her partner have a dog, but he, you know, he's not my dog, and and uh, and my family have had dogs, but not that. That was my last dog. Uh, but I might get another one. You never know. Well, you know, you never know. I mean, yeah, no, you never know. There are a lot of company. My friend that I come and visit all the time, he's got a very old neighbor who's real nice old man, right? And. I guess his son brought him a dog a couple of weeks ago and you should hear him talking to that dog. And he, (laughs) I I saw him the other day and I waved at him and, and I said, well, look at little Leo He is growing so fast. And the, the guy started talking to me about his dog as if it was his son, you know, his child. And then before we uh, before we left, because he had to get going because it was time to go to church. It was Wednesday, you know. And before we left, he said, yes, yes. He said, Lord, my wife of 40 some years left me. And he said, and I've been alone for two years now. He said, 
This puppy has made such a difference, he said. It sure does help when you're lonely to have a pet. And I thought, Aww. oh, sweet. <laughs> and oh, it's true. So mm -hmm. It is true. It is really true. It does help. And so, and I, I love them. And I know that they're smart. And I know that the few that are lucky enough to find people who care about them and love them, they hit the animal jackpot, you know? Gosh, no kidding. Yeah. So it's the ones that don't have that, that, that tug at my heart so much. If, I tell you, it wouldn't do if I had a whole bunch of money. <laughs> I'd be out taking care of, of, of women and children and folks that needed help and, and animals and everything, you know. I probably wouldn't even have a place of my own because I'd be doing that. But man, it'd be fun. It would be fun. I don't. I don't think that would be a problem. I think that'd be good. I, well, I do too. I mean, I feel like I feel like I do have a little bit of a responsibility, and I'm not even sure why I'm saying that because I don't know who or what is behind it. You know, and that reminds me, I'm off topic. I was going to be grilling you about your book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't even do, y'all, we didn't even do a pre-show this week because Alicia was like, okay, I know what we're going to talk about. No, just, I'm going to get it started. We're going to be recording. Go ahead. Go ahead. Got it. Got it. Here we go. Uh-huh. None of that salacious, whatever it is we usually do in the pre-show. <laughs> I know, where we talk about it in the pre-show, but then we don't talk about it. Hey, yeah. you know. We just do what we do. That's all I can say. We do what we do. That's it. That's truly it. So I was going to talk to you about it. But part of the reason I was going to talk to you about your book is because your book has the one coming up, Feral Church. That's not actually no, the next one. You know, that one, actually, that is not the one that's coming up. The one that's coming the up. The one that is coming up right now that is available for pre-order at Malaprops. Uh, is called Small Magics, and it's the building blocks of practical magical practice. And it's a lovely little book. I was rereading it. It's I don't know early last week, I guess. And it's a it's a wonderful little book. It's, it's going to be uh, featured in some health and spirituality magazine. Oh, cool! Yeah, about books they love. So oh, that'll be cool. fun. So that one is Small Magics, and that. Uh, if you, uh, if you, I mean, get it at any independent bookstore you have near you. If you have one, please do that. If not, you can order it from our local independent bookstore, one of them, which is malaprops.com. And if you order it through them, and we're going to be having a big party on September the 6th up in Malaprops to celebrate the book being available. So that'll be fun. Excellent. But what you're, what you're talking about is a book that I've been writing like a maniac for a month and a half. Right. Yeah. So um, the real new book is called Small Magics. And it's it's a book about the building blocks of magical practice, about grounding and harvesting energy and all that. And it's a it's a good little book. I was looking at it recently. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, because I've got an advanced reading copy. 
and it is available at Malaprops, malaprops.com, and you can it's you can get it for pre-order. It will come out on September the 6th, and we're doing a big party at Malaprops. But if you want that book, please pre-order that either at your local independent bookstore, which would be great if you've got one, or if you want to order it through my independent bookstore, which is malaprops.com, then I will go up there and sign it. So you can you can order it, and I will sign it, and they will ship out to you a signed book. Ooh, that's awesome. That will be a virtual and also an in-person event. And you can go to Malaprops, their website, and they've already got a link up for the party and the book signing. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Whenever you talk about it, I always think to myself, the first thing that comes in my mind is that's an important book. It feels like an important book, doesn't it? Well, thank you. Um, it's, it's a simple book. And I, and I wrote it because I had been doing for several years, I don't know, six or seven years, I've been doing a class called Simple Practical Magic. Right. And it's all about learning how to ground, learning how to shield yourself, learning how to harvest energy, and then utilizing all of those practices mm-hmm. to make your life more harmonious and to and to change the things in your life you want changed. Um, and then there was, well, I don't I'm not going to go into another Facebook argument because they happen all the time. But my editors over at Llewellyn and that's uh, Heather Green. Hey, Heather. Hello. Among others, there's a whole team of them. Um, she said that, yeah, that'd be probably be a valuable book for people because people don't have in-person teachers anymore. You know, they watch a few TikToks and think they know what to do, or they read a whole bunch of books and then they're afraid to start trying in, in case they won't they won't do it right or they'll get hurt somehow. So uh, it's it's a good just a practical book. It's not a book of spells. It's a book of how to do magic. So I hope people will find it useful because it's, it's it's meant to be just useful, practical information. Hmm. Well, the thing is, that's what they need more than anything. In my opinion, not that I know what I'm talking about, but this is a complicated world. If you want people to understand and 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 learn especially at a beginning level you you have a concept that is simple and i'm not saying that people are dumb although privately i think that some people are dumb but i'm saying that people who who practice and are trying to learn they need something that will teach them correctly and not teach them some of this stuff that is uh not as legitimate Okay, and that again, an opinion. Well, uh, there there's a lot of instruction, especially in social media, about pretty advanced magical stuff. But if you don't know how to do the basics, you don't know how to do the basics. So yeah. you can't do you can't do calculus and trigonometry unless you know how to do arithmetic. Right. Exactly. At least I think that I think that's true. I don't know that that's actually accurate. But the but the building blocks of anything are where you need to start. I think you know people say, "Oh, 
well, I really tried to do this amazing big, you know, stopping, turning back time, stopping whatever, healing, healing the sick and raising the dead kind of stuff. And I'm just like, well, but how are you at grounding? Oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm an air sign. I'm no good at that. And I go, well, (laughs) then you can't do all this complicated crap you think you want to do, summon a demon or whatever crap you're trying to do. If you can't do the basic magical practice, sorry, because it's not like it is in the movies. That's not how it works. Yeah. And you're exactly right about that. I was just talking to somebody today about that. And, you know, I'm real cynical about media telling me what to do anyway. And yeah, we were talking about this book or, or that movie. And I can't tell you how many people would walk into the shop. And they, they began to practice because they had seen something in the movies that really appealed to them. Or maybe a magazine article. that, And it just glamorized everything. They thought, this is what I want. I want this. I want to look like this person. I want to have these adventures. And without realizing that you have to do the boring stuff first. The building blocks is the, if you want to get good at anything, you got to do what? You have to practice it. You have to practice it. And, but what to practice? I mean, I think Appalachian folk magic and granny magic has a basis in, it's just a basic. So you can call it whatever you want. But it's, No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you don't think? No. Because I'm sick to death of having to correct people about uh, Appalachian granny magic, Appalachian granny magic, because it is not called that anywhere within this region by anybody who's practiced it I, traditionally. It's I just not. I've never known anybody ever in my life to call to call somebody a granny magic practitioner or whatever. Or a granny witch. A granny witch. You don't ever use the word witch. That's, that's not, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm man. sorry. I, yeah. I just got, I got on my soapbox. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> But but knowing the building blocks will help you do it well. Mm. Now, if you're not interested in really doing magic, and a lot of people aren't, they want to look like somebody who does magic. Mm-hmm. They want to be wearing the proper clothes and have the right jewelry and the right tattoos. And they want their hair to be the right color and the right cut and all that stuff. They want all that stuff. Right. But they may, be, they may not actually want to practice magic. They just want to look like somebody who could. <laughs> and that's a whole different thing. So it, uh, this book is not about how to look like you practice magic. The aesthetic it's about of how witchery. you practice magic. <laughs> yep. The aesthetics of witchery. <laughs> right. So you, you know, you wear whatever you want to wear. <laughs> uh, that's I hilarious. Really, it's basic. I really don't have, I really don't have an opinion about that. You Ooh. just wear whatever you want to wear. Doesn't matter to me. What? You don't have an opinion about something? <laughs> I know. There's lots of stuff I don't have an opinion about. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what people wear. Yep. It doesn't matter to me. Same. As long as you're not trying to force me to wear it. Same. And as long as they're not trying to define something by, by the clothing. Yeah. You know. Well, I've had I've had so many experiences since I've been on the road all these past damn ten years. I've I've had so many experiences of not looking the way people think I should look. You know, they think I should where I should be witchier looking. And I've had people be very uh, disrespectful. I've had people be very hurtful and rude to me because they didn't realize who I was. 
And they just looked at me, and I'm just this little short, plump woman with a bandana on my head. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I ain't nothing to look at, really. And then they treat me like I ain't nothing much. And then they find out. Well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mess around. Find out. Yeah. That's not what you were thinking. You were thinking the other word for it. No, I was, but I didn't want to, I didn't want you to have to bring the crows in, bring in the crows. It wouldn't be a real episode if I didn't have to do that. You didn't have to send in the crows. (laughs) Yeah. Send in the crows. Anyway. Yeah. And then sometimes I I will decide I'm just going to. I'm going to do the whole hog, look like they think I'm supposed to look. And it never feels right. I mean, I like it because I've been a costumer, theater costumer for years. But, I mean, it's kind of fun to dress up, but it's not, that's not what I wear to do magic. As, when I got a job of work to do, it's a job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got to, you know, I got to be dressed in a way that I can get some work done. Admittedly, yeah. Well, I don't have a problem with the way people look. I, I, I have a problem with when they get dogmatic about things and they, Oh, you must do this. And, the, but then I also, because I'm fickle, I have a problem with people who say, Oh yeah, no, anything goes because that's mm-hmm. not, it's somewhere in between there. You know, it's, it's, it's somewhere in between. And I, I, I still feel like I'm new and I'm 60 years old and been doing this for at least a week or so, wouldn't you think? Um, a minute or two. At least, yeah. And and I still feel like I'm barely, barely getting started. It's just, it's just something you practice. Even if it is something that comes naturally, you still need to practice. I'm just going to say it and say it and say it. You know? And we say that about everything. So if you want to be good at music, you practice. Right. You want to be good at chess, you practice. Well, that book is important, and that's part of the reason well, why. I don't know how the sales are going because they don't they don't tell me that stuff. Mm. But you know, my last two books were sold out on the day that they dropped. Yeah, and that's nice. And I, you know, maybe this one will too. I don't know. It'll depend on how many initial copies they made. Yeah, and they won't tell me that either. So I don't know. <laughs> I just have to let that go and hope it does okay. I understand that small magic is magics is going to be featured in some health and spirituality magazine um, as a you know books we love to read something like that. So that'll be nice. I think it's probably going to be in October. You know, witchy time. And M A G I C S or C K S. C S. I don't spell magic with a K. Well, and I wondered. I don't either. I mean, a lot of people do, and no judgment. It's just that that I don't. Let me see. Health and spirituality, something like that. Spirituality and health. I don't know. They told me, but I I wrote it down, but I can't remember. Boy, boy, you're just, you know, you're just everywhere. (laughs) You are everywhere. Oh, no, I'm not. I mean, somebody, my friend, again, that I was visiting on uh, Sunday, she said, gosh, you are, it just, you're such a famous person. I said, I'm really not. I'm really a medium-sized fish in a little bitty pond. Yeah. 
And because we all we all run in the same circles, it feels like, oh, I'm everywhere, but I'm not really. Well, you know, Oprah, Oprah's not reading any of my books. Well, the Internet's read all of them, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> you, and I've been doing I've been doing a lot of visiting on other people's podcasts this past few weeks, and that's been really fun. We should I love to talk to people and see what they're doing and share stories and stuff. I was on Jen Sankey's podcast uh, last week. And before that, I was on uh, Brandon Cooper, who uh, his wife is a buddy of mine. And he's a buddy of mine, too. But I mean, I knew his wife first. And it was almost two hours, this podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we just, you know, we hung in. We all had a little beverage to drink and just kind of kicked back and talked about all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I do see you in a lot of places. And it looks, yeah, I'm looking at you through the Google search truck. And, yeah, I see a lot of you through Llewellyn. Um, yeah. I see uh, Shannon Rizari. Is that her name? I don't know. Small Magics. It looks like, it almost looks like she has maybe reviewed it or something. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah a bunch of review copies went out to different people. Yeah. I hope it's getting good reviews. I don't know. I never read reviews. It, it looks to me like it did. Yeah, no, there. I, I get that about not reading the reviews. I really do. No, um, I, I read. I've, I've told the story a million times, but of course, I'm Appalachian. I'm going to tell it one more time <laughs> that uh, for my very first book, Staubs and Ditchwater, um, and what is the subtitle of that thing? <laughs> a Friendly and Useful Introduction. And so one of the reviews that was on, I don't know if it was on Amazon or wherever, said, I didn't find it very useful and gave me a one star. And I wanted to respond with, yes, but did you find it friendly? Was it friendly? <laughs> Could you give me an extra star for friendly? And it was at that point. And, you know, with that book, I looked at I looked at the reviews. I read the reviews. Here's the bong, bong, bong. Um and, you know, almost all of them were really, really good, but a lot of them were my friends. And mm, I appreciate I appreciate it so, so much, but I don't know. I don't know if they're I don't think they'd be hard on me because they'd be afraid to hurt my feelings. So uh, but I just didn't read them after that. And I've got good friends who are really well known, mostly metaphysical writers, and they just lament those bad reviews. Well, Actually, one friend of mine just finds them funny, and he will repost them and go, God, can you believe somebody thought this about my book? Do you think they read my book? But I just don't. In fact, I've told both my publishers, if there's something they need me to know, to be aware of, yeah. they're going to have to let me know because I'm not going to read them. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. No, it, makes, it, makes, it means more to me if somebody sends me an email or they send me a message. Uh, on Facebook that says, I just finished reading whichever book and, you know, it reminded me of my grandmother or, or it reminded me it really was helpful or I really did love your writing style. That means so much more to me than than a thousand reviews on Amazon, which I never go to. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that the more people that you have that chime in, the more groundswell you get 
about it. And you can almost tell when you've really hit something important because of that. It's, uh, it's um, going to be interesting to watch this next book that comes out after Small Magics. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of people are already excited about that book just because the title, I think, is intriguing to people because it's called Feral Church. And you, that really has that really has zinged with some people. And it's a uh, it's about finished to that book. I've got another I've got uh, pieces that have to be plugged into it, but it's almost done. And that goes into Llewellyn on the 1st of September. So about well, by the time folks hear this it'll be about three weeks and change um, it's got to go in and of course i'm on the road for two weeks out of that so mm -hmm. i don't have a whole lot of time but it'll be ready <clears throat> be ready to go yeah and people have to decide you know what they think of that yeah they will and and the right people will see it you just have to trust that i'm i'm interested in this book i mean i've known you for a few books now wouldn't you say and I've been able to observe how it is for for writers, for you in particular, when you're, you know, birthing a book. And there's a distinct difference in your personality while you're writing it versus after you've got it written and turned in. OK, distinct difference. And I, so I've thought about that some and and I realized a while back that. Writing for you anyway, is a creative thing, okay? But you also have discipline involved. And so I, I really look up to that. It's like a musician who gets the muse but still sits down and practices every day. I, I really appreciate that in you as a writer because it kind of tells me that it's going to be thorough and it's going to be researched and it's going to feel correct, all right? So... What I've noticed the few times that I that I see you or excuse me, hear you talk about the church, the feral church book, your tone of voice changes for one thing. And I, I get the feeling that that book called you and you are allowing whatever that goddess to be birthed in it. Yes, and that's exactly right. And the difference between those two books, so Small Magic is me writing down how I do it. And there, I'm sure there are a million other people that have a million other ways to do it. This is how I do it step by step. Okay. That's Small Magics. But now Feral Church is a project that I believe was laid on me. And, um, and I have done my very best to do it, to do this project. But it has been a very different process than my standard process. So that I feel like some of these, and this is going to sound crazy. I feel like some of this writing has been like a shamanic journey, if you'll pardon that expression, that I I, I go to these places and I just start writing down what they're like and and the and the the meditation unfolds as I am writing it, and that's been very different than what I normally do. Yeah, that I imagine so. Um, 
usually it's actually the opposite way for you, right? You conceive it and then you go in and, and learn about it and write about it. Yeah, I mean, mostly in the work that I've done so far, it's been intensely personal. So I, I, I do an outline, I do table of contents, I have a rough idea of what, I certainly have a good idea of what I want to talk about and a rough idea of the order I want to do it in. And this book has just been different than that. I I knew what experiences I wanted to share with people okay. and what and I, I knew the journey I wanted to take them on. And so Feral Church is a, it's a pilgrimage. It's a sojourn into places that we need to go, but we may be afraid to go or don't know how to go there. And some of it is really hard stuff. It's okay. not it's not going to be for a soft sort of new age audience. It's like, oh, everything is lovely, peace and love, yeah. vibe higher. It's not that kind of book. It's the kind of book that tells you exactly where it is you are and what kind of crap you got to get rid of to go to the next place. Wow. So it's different. It's very different than than uh, small magics. Well, that it sounds like it is going to be harder a harder read and I don't know that it would be for everybody. I feel though that it is regionally important. These mountains, you know, you know I revere these mountains. Um, I do, we both do. Yeah, and I have my reasons and just just like all of us do. And I feel like that book has grabbed my imagination now and I don't know who else I mean I'm sure a lot of the weirdlings are in the same place because we're kind of observing it in in you a little bit now yeah. I'm saying, you yeah. haven't been off topic or anything like that you're not you don't seem like you're confused or your mind is wandering or anything but the the times that you have discussed it they kind of lit a fire in my imagination you know, and I, I can tell that they have in you too. And so this book also, just like the, the one that is currently out, the one coming up, I also feel like it's a really important book. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. I just wouldn't bring it up if I didn't think it, you know? Well, what, what I feel like with Feral Church is that it is the culmination of my body of work as an adult. Hmm. So it is about, because I've been a goddess worshiper as long, as far back as I could remember. And this is a book about goddess theology. It's, it's encouraging people. If, if this is a path for you, here is a way you can do that path. Hmm. And it's not about looking pretty and having perky boobs and long tresses and being able to handle a heavy sword with your skinny little perfect arms. About, <laughs> It's about the genuine primal mothers and what they expect from us and what and where they are disappointed in us and how we better grasp it right now because mm -hmm. we ain't got a lot of time left. Mm -mm. That's and so it's going to be it's going to be scary for some people and they're going to go, oh, it's too dark. Oh, but I just wanted to tiptoe through the tulips and and I can't because it's so mean. Yeah, it is mean. Yeah. It's mean. Some of it's mean. But I think for the people who really want it, the people who are looking for a place where they can deeply connect, 
with those primal mothers, this is going to be one of those places. Mm -hmm. That's okay. I was getting ready to say, why do you think it's going to be important? And you just said it right there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be important. You know, I, when I write a book, it's not so people, it's not so people think, oh, it's great or it's important or any of that stuff. It's so that it touches individual people. And I mean, that's how I process the world is through words. That's, that's what I do. Um, So I, I hope that this is the kind of processing for the people for whom this is going to be important that makes sense to them and helps them. Well, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. I think it will, or maybe it'll just be a cause. Maybe it'll just be something that illustrates something to them, shows them something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you've been told to write it and you've said, okay. And I think probably the reason that, that book wants to be written by you or that goddess wants to be introduced again by you uh, is because you have practiced for a long time. You practice faithfully and, and you say yes, when you are being asked by, by the spirit world. So I think that's Um, got something to do with it because no, I don't know anybody who just gets assignment like that because they're cute or daddy's got money. Well, wouldn't that be nice? Well, it would be for some folks, but (laughs) what about the rest of them? (laughs) You know, anybody can practice if they choose to. Anybody can. You can find a way to do it. Um, So anybody can. Very few do. Well, I mean, that. That's the thing. People live very complicated and busy lives and they choose the practice of stuff that really serves them. And maybe they've not found a magical practice that really works for them. Maybe. And so maybe. they don't practice it. Yeah, that could be. You never know. I, don't, I have some weird ideas about stuff and I think you do too. So, <laughs> so Definitely. <laughs> well, I just wanted to tell you because... In the last few days, things as I as I go places, as I observe things, we've had this heat wave, as you know, it's been really hot. And I know that there's a full moon coming up or, you know, tomorrow, I guess. Today. today, Actually, excuse me, today. It it may be happening right now. As we speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've also just. I don't know. I've just been noticing things. We've had a lot of dreamers out there talking about their dreams lately. I've had some doozies. I was with a friend of mine at a at a festival, and this has been five, maybe six years ago. Yeah. And we were in this old, like a school bus that they had set up as a as a a cooling off place and as a place where you, as a classroom place. And this weird thing, it just, it felt weird and it smelled weird and all that stuff. And I I just turned to my friend at one point, because I'm trying to figure out what is going on, what is going on. And I just turned to my friend and I said, it's a fetch. Somebody has sent a fetch. And so, you know, we, we ran it off, but, 
Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting phenomenon that I think a lot of people don't know much about. And, I, and I'm one of them. The, the one that shows up now is from 2020. And it was called Weird Mountain Tales, Dreams, Ghosts, and Cantaloupe Soup. Cantaloupe soup. I remember that one. I sort of do. It says in the upcoming episode, the gals spend a languid afternoon telling tales of the beloved dead and a bunch of interconnected and strange situations. Byron is inspired to dream of more products, and Alicia surprises her with a string of explicatives and talk <laughs> of the special cloth. <laughs> oh my goodness and you were drinking Ryder's tears whiskey and water yeah we were on the porch because yeah. that's what i've got down at weird that's what i had at weird mountain um pitchfork patty gave me that bottle of whiskey I, that i remember that distinctly yeah and the quote was from you and it said who knew that crows liked peaches <laughs> Golly, we've done some we've done some funny stuff. And I reckon this is episode 202. It is. Or is it 203? It actually is 204, but I'm a little uh, confused about how to count them because I don't know if I should count it as one if it's uh something that we've not, you know, already posted and we're doing it as a rerun or a recap or whatever you call it. I don't know. So yeah. I've been confused a long time ago about that but you know i do like reading those memories uh the picture that we had associated with that one is kind of a sepia tone print of some cows in some really tall hay at night and <laughs> i remember that picture there's a whole bunch of cows there just looking at the camera you know yes i remember and, that uh -huh, were you oh there oh my gosh Hey, you know what you haven't done in a while is some of those crazy pictures where you superimpose all our heads on things. I'm, I will. <laughs> as soon as I get my graphic program fixed in my computer, I'll be back to doing that again. But right now, <laughs> I haven't had time to let my computer go down long enough to do that. So, yeah, well, I hear you. I hear you. It'll be soon, though. Very soon. Um, now that I've got all my most of my big projects done, I've got some stuff that I want to do. And that's number one on my list is get my computer set back up again the way I like it. Uh, yeah. That graphics program lives on a different partition on my hard drive. And uh -huh. I can't access it without the special program, which has gone down. Um, so I'm going to have to take it, let it go down for a while and get it fixed up. Ugh. Yeah, I can do without it. I think I can. You can. I know you can. <laughs> easily, easily. Lordy. Well, listen. I'm gonna let you go. Get some. All right. Get some. Get some rest before you have to drive. And I, I won't. But I've I've actually been resting the past couple of days. You know, I, I said all that stuff I did yesterday, but it was just kind of fun. Yeah. I was like, what? what? My car is clean. <laughs> My car hadn't been clean in. I couldn't tell you how long. It's clean on the outside anyway. That's and then nice. I took my mats out. Yeah. And I just, you know, shook them a little bit and they look great. So wow. the car's clean. <laughs> the tires are all plumped up. Oh, I mean, nice. it was good. It's a good thing. It, it, I know that's got to be a good feeling. Well, if you get bored tomorrow. <laughs> on the road for nine yeah. hours. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Call me because I have. I will call you. All right. I'll call all of y'all. 
Y'all, well, I'm going to be on the road tomorrow. I'm leaving here at 10 o'clock because I want to miss all that damn Washington, D.C. traffic. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to be on the road. Y'all call me and I'll just talk to you all the way over 26 to 81 to God, all that other stuff I go to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That'll be good. And I'll stop in Stanton, Virginia to have me a big old piece of pie at Mrs. Rowe's Pie Shop. Uh-huh. Or Mrs. Rao. I can't, I don't know how it's pronounced. That's you. You've talked about that place before. I know. And I'm going to have, I'm saving up my carbs for a big old piece of pie. Well, enjoy it. Enjoy. I will. Yeah. And uh, like I said, give me a holler if you want to. And I, I may very well do that just so. Because yeah. we had all those ideas when I was coming back from Ohio about new things to do. So who knows what we'll come up with? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I have many things to tell you just as soon as we all get a little time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, good luck with everything this week and say hi to your mama for me. I will. I will. She's doing good, by the way. Good. Good, good. Yep. All right. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals. You know, people don't mind it when they hear stuff like that in the back. I know, but the, the answering machine's going to come on. Mm. The motherfucking answering machine. <laughs> and they're not going to leave a message. They never do.